0: Welcome to our CyberWise Chats, where we talk about the challenges of raising and teaching digital kids. I'm Diana Graber, author of Raising Humans in a Digital World and founder of CyberWise and CyberCivics. Join every episode with Dr. Pamela Rutledge, who's the director of the Media Psychology Research Center. Our always lively conversations tackle topics like cyberbullying, screen time, TikTok, And everything in between, we've got some great guests, and promise each chat will give you the tips, tricks, and confidence you need to help kids use technology safely and wisely. The webinar is now live. Hi, everybody. How are you guys? We're good. (laughs) Good You today. Happy Tuesday. Happy Um, Tuesday. Welcome to those of you who joined us. Um, I'm Diana Graber. I'm the author of Raising Humans in a Digital World, and the Founder of Cyberwise and Cyber Civics. I'm here today. Okay, where are you guys? Pamela Rutledge is below me, I think, on my screen. That's where she appears. She's the director mm-hmm. of the Media Psychology Research Center. And to my whatever side he's on, he's on my left <laughs> on my screen is Rick Mantrioli, and he's Hello. the editor in chief of Parentology. And below him, or below me, (laughs) down there somewhere, is Arius Collins, and she is the community manager of CyberWise and CyberCivics. Arius will be manning our chat box today, or womaning our chat box today. So if you have any questions as we go along, um, please put them in there, because she has every uh, opportunity to interrupt us and ask those questions as we're addressing that topic, and we really love to do that to make this useful for all of you. So um, Arius, feel free to interrupt. And um, all right, well, without further ado, let me see if I have any house cleaning stuff to do. I don't think so. We'll get started. So um, as you know, if you're here, we're talking about chat apps today. And in case you hadn't all noticed, uh, in the last crazy over year that we've had in the pandemic, uh, many of us have turned to technology in order to keep in touch with family and friends. So digital technologies that allow us to chat have gone off. And the most obvious one is the one we're using right now, which is Zoom, which has saved so many of us and allowed us to do things like this, teach classes, et cetera. But the reason we settled on this topic for today is we're really fascinated about this one new app that's called Clubhouse that is suddenly hugely popular with adults. Um, For those of you who don't know what it is, it's an audio-only social platform where users enter different rooms to listen in on or participate in conversations. Um, at the moment, Clubhouse is an iPhone-only app, and you can only use it if you're invited by another user. Um, despite that limitation or these limitations, and it barely a year old, believe it or not, it's been downloaded almost 13 million times. Um, but what's weird about it is despite the name, I mean, parents hear the name Clubhouse, and we think, you know, kids are playing in it, right? It's an adult mm-hmm. playground, which is so weird to me because it's so absolutely simple. So we really wanted to address that today. Um, as an aside, I asked I've got two kids, and I asked my twenty one year old if she had heard of clubhouse she never heard of it. I asked my other daughter if she'd heard of it, and she said, "Yeah, but it, there's no dancing on it, so why would kids want to use it <laughs> you, you know but it it's weird in this year that when we've canceled like most live events and conferences and job fairs, a lot of adults are turning to clubhouse to rub elbows with peers so to give us a little reason why, because that's why Pam's here, give us the psychology behind that. Pam. Yeah. What is with Clubhouse? and its? What is with Clubhouse? Well, first of all, I just
1: want to uh, clarify something you said, because it's an adult app, which means that it is for people mostly over 18, not that it's particularly exciting, although there might be some exciting things going on. Um, I think of uh, Clubhouse as being somewhere between a participatory podcast and the sort of LinkedIn version of WhatsApp. It's very unstructured. That allows people to sort of stumble into new things, which is increasingly hard in our algorithm-driven world. It's an extrovert's paradise. I hated it, needless to say. But if you're willing to put yourself out there, you can find people of similar interests. However, in spite of this sort of grandiose, we're experts for hobnobbing with sort of Elon Musk kind of attitude, it's really fueled by some very basic psychology, which is to say people are naturally curious. This curiosity works at a bunch of different levels. This is exclusive. Who's in? Who's out? How do I become in? How do I feel good enough about myself that someone will let me in? So there's this whole very basic psychology going on because of the exclusivity. The other thing is that once you're in, you can go down these rabbit holes. Well, if I'm in, if these are people that have been invited in, why are they important? Who's the moderator in this room? Why is it called the stage? Are they really important? You go look at their profiles and then you sort of track back through all of their bits of their bios. It turns out because of that, bio writing is a huge deal on Clubhouse and people will actually write them for you for a price. The other thing that I noticed is that it's becoming very, pardon? There's a job. Yeah. Right. Writing your <laughs> uh, clubhouse bio is become. there's a, this monetization push is huge, right? Where people are putting themselves, you know, to connect with me offline. This is what I do. I'm an expert in this. So it's, it's, um, it's a huge platform for people doing self-promotion, taking some of that halo effect from people who were actually famous when this all started, um, It's audio. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to brush your hair. It has all of those advantages of zoom with no camera and it allows you to eavesdrop without feeling guilty. So it's become sort of the, the go-to way to procrastinate and not feel so guilty as watching crazy cat videos, as well as something you could do while walking the dog because it is, as you said, mobile um, on the
0: Apple and uh, portable. Yeah. So the thing that I thought was interesting about that, that you mentioned is the fact that there's no algorithms, so you can bump into something new. And when you think about it, there's so few places like that left on the internet, because they know so much about us. I think that's super fascinating. And I think that might be the draw. And I, I for me personally, it's the fact that you can go on Clubhouse and not feel like narcissists staring at yourself all day. <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you can Well, just, yeah, that is a plus. It's like, just so nice to not have to like, you know, uh, as you've heard me say before, brush your hair, or even like I put on a necklace today. That's like totally dressing up for me. So
1: it's a great time to join it because so many people are new. I was yeah. just cruising around yesterday in anticipation of this, and there were several uh, rooms just discussing tips on using Clubhouse from people who were new. Uh, and you know, so I think that it's a very friendly in that sense. Like I said, you need to be an extrovert, you need to be willing to speak up, but
0: Um, so, um, I have a question for you, Rick, and you know, for those of you who are unfamiliar with parentology, they have articles on literally everything. (laughs) They have covered it all. I don't know. You must have like a hundred writers or something, but, um, clubhouse is that one that you've covered since it is primarily an adult app?
2: Yeah. So we covered it, uh, when it first came out, I just republished it to the homepage of the website. Um, and the, Key things there is that, yes, the only people that are really talking about it are adults. And in my experience, it's a lot of people in the marketing space. Um, The chances of a young person getting in there, yeah, they can lie. There's no stopping them from lying about their age and getting in. But there's also nothing there for them in terms of, like, there are far easier ways for young people to chat with one another than Clubhouse. So we don't see it particularly as a... Risky place for young people um, per se compared to other chat apps or or um, or apps or sites. Yeah,
1: I, I would agree with you, Rick, and you know, but parents should know. I mean, or people should know that you can make private rooms. And mm-hmm. while you can't actually record in Clubhouse, there are lots of ways to record on your phone, just like every other app. That you know, there is no privacy. Just assume there is no privacy ever. Um, and you'll be um, smarter for it.
0: Yeah. And there's a lookalikes coming. I mean, LinkedIn yeah. just announced that it's creating a clubhouse like app. A lot of the other apps are doing clubhouse. I mean, when one thing becomes popular, then other things pop up. And I think that's what mm-hmm. we're starting to see. So, you know, just keep aware that those things will happen and kids might be curious because they'll see these places happening everywhere. So. Um, yeah. So we don't want to spend too much time on clubhouse unless there are any, any questions areas. Did we have any questions pertaining to clubhouse? Not yet. No. Let us know if you, if we do, but it kind of got us thinking about all these ways that not just adults, but kids particularly are connecting. And it's funny to use the term chat apps, because literally every app is a chat app for a kid. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to chat because that's their job. Their job is to be social, to connect with their peers, to figure out who they are and to grow. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I see it, you know, teaching kids, they'll be on Google Classroom chatting. And I've seen kids even on YouTube, watching a YouTube for school, chatting with each other via the discussion on YouTube. So, you know, that's what we're gonna talk about today, but I do wanna focus in on one app that I'm still recovering from because I used it last night and it is pretty shocking, Omegle, because we've been hearing a lot about that. And Rick, I know you guys just did a really great story on it. Do you wanna explain what, what it is?
2: Yeah, and and uh, so um, Omegle is a site that lets people talk to strangers. And in itself, yeah, yeah. but it's, um, here's the thing. It is one click away from adult content. And that's not an exaggeration. That is not me creating panic in the world. Um, You go to the site and there are two big buttons that say text or video chat. And allegedly that's monitored. There's also then the button that says 18 and over, not monitored. And if you click that, you immediately go, it's very similar to chat roulette, um, which was big back in the day, where people will cruise one another online by showing off their bodies, right? Now, yes, we can just talk online, but like with any of those sort of hookup apps, it's not like that. It's it's really about exhibitionists and voyeurs wanting to see adult content. And that's that's exactly what you get there. And literally, it is one click away for a kid to go on there.
1: Yeah, yeah, was, and we mean adult in the true sense
0: of the word this time, not in just...
2: The tru- oh, oh, no. This is this is full-on pornography. There's no arguing it. Yeah. yeah.
0: What's weird to me is you don't even have to download anything. Um, no. I went on it last night and, with my daughter. And literally, like you say, you go to the website. And I started with text thinking that would be easy. And immediately got asked personal information, which, you know, there's a concern. Kids will give that away, you know, if they don't know. And then I went like you said there's a tab say oh if you want the adult site click here and the warning is like if you're under 18 sexual material is illegal if you do not want to see it don't press here well of course a kid's (sighs) like if you're a kid, come on here's a playboy magazine if you don't see it just let me know i mean so they're gonna go in and you go in and it's like lori you know for me it was like crazy stuff that I saw. I couldn't take it. So I had to call my therapist. No, I'm just kidding. And it just it even, it
2: it even has a notice that says, um, warning, uh, child predators have been known to be on this site. And if you want to block it, there are, uh, browser plugins that you can use. Well, that's basically saying, okay, we've told you, you're going to get in trouble here. So we're out. We're safe.
0: It's all. It's all on you. Good luck, parents. And nobody
2: there. uh, Sorry, Pam. uh, No, no, that's fine. At um, Omegle would respond to us. Just as an FYI, we've talked about this earlier. Whenever there's an app or a site that you don't need to worry about, they're willing to talk to us. (laughs) So they nobody there did. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I want to say that we're, we'll get into a little bit later, but the fact that there is that appeal that Diana was yeah. just talking about means that this is not one of those apps that you're going to be successful saying, don't go here. Yeah. In other words, you really need to prepare your kids. Yeah. Cause I guarantee you at some slumber party or some something they're going to, they're going to try it out just for fun. So they need to be prepared.
0: So yeah. that's yeah. exactly my question to you, Pam. What is it? Obviously, what is it the kids like about it?
1: Oh well, there's. I mean, first of all, I mean, we talked about this the other day that it's begetting there a lot of notoriety because influencers are using it for creating YouTube videos and TikTok videos. So, hashtag Omega on TikTok or YouTube will take you to some uh, video where uh, James Charles, the you know the beauty influencer, is you know going through person after person asking them how to pick up makeup or, um, image, uh, what Emma Champlin, uh, was doing a, a Miegel birthday party where she was going through person by person and decorating cupcakes. The good news is they, you know, they do show you to just move on. If you get to the, um, content that Rick was talking about, but the bad news is they make it almost seem like a TikTok challenge. I mean, it becomes, I mean, it, you know, it, they show people having a lot of fun, which really um sort of hides the darker side, I think.
0: Yeah. You know, you were joking about this earlier, but it's true. We were talking about Omega last week, and one of my daughters was here, and she said, Oh, yeah, remember chat Relay, roulette? And chat roulette is sort of the precursor to Omega. It's the same concept that you would go on, and they would give you a random stranger. She goes, Oh, yeah, we did that at a slumber party once when I was in junior high and we saw this guy show his, you know, private parts and all this, I'm like, what? You're just telling me this 10 (laughs) years later. You know, why did I not know about this? So this is like, think about if you're a kid, you're at a slumber party, how fun would it be to just go look at this pornography together? So, you know, I'm laughing here and you know, it is sort of funny, but on the other hand, it's tough for a parent because it's like, you don't want to say don't do it because like Pam said, it's the first thing they're going to do. But I think for a parent, knowledge is power, knowing about this thing, you know, bringing it up in conversation and like, gosh, can you believe that there's this thing and da, da, da let's talk about it because, you know, it might be shocking for a kid to see this stuff and they may need someone to discuss, you know, this. Right.
1: And then take it even one step further, Diana, and say, what would, what would you do? You know, if, if the X happened, you know, how would you, what would be a good solution for that? So that they've had a little bit of uh, sort of planning or yeah. Girl playing so that yeah. they um, because one thing that we talked about the other day is the fact that these influencers are using it. It's a little bit like Clubhouse. You go on and maybe you're going to meet Elon Musk. Well, in here, maybe they're going to meet an influencer that they know and love. Random chance. The best way to change behavior. The casinos all know this is by inconsistent rewards. You know, it's the promise of rewards, but you never know when you're going to get it, which makes this very appealing.
0: So that's so interesting is like the parallels here between this adult app clubhouse and the kid at Omegle, like, you know, there's some very basic human needs that they're both satisfying, you know, on both ends of the spectrum, which I think is really interesting.
2: Just a quickie definition for for people in case parents are now panicked. Um, So you can only really (laughs) access it on a browser. So that's either on a computer or on the browser on the phone but there is no actual app that can be downloaded anymore. My understanding is there was one at one time, but we couldn't find it. So, so parents just should know that don't, you don't, if you're scrolling through your kid's phone, you want to go to their browser.
0: Is that supposed to make parents less panicked? Well,
2: I think (laughs) that they could be looking in the wrong spot is really the, the concern for me.
0: In other words, don't look for any telltale signs because you won't know unless you,
1: unless you know how to look at browser history, but to to your point, Rick. I mean, I think it's really good to know as much about an app where you have a concern as possible. But there is no way to protect your kid from because you aren't with them twenty four seven. You don't know what computer, what phone, whatever. So you really have to talk to them, and you have to talk honestly, and you have to prepare them because you know the world is full of kind of creepy stuff. You know, always has been. You know, we just maybe see it a little bit more now. Uh huh.
0: So let me stop for a second, Arias. were there some questions in the chat box?
1: Unfortunately, my technology seems to be having an issue. Every time I put in a link, it shoots me off of Zoom. So I'm not sure if oh, our okay. chat app, it has a little bug here, but I've reported the problem. But
0: Okay, technology, got to love it.
2: Got I'm, it. Seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing your two uh, posts, though, in the chat.
1: Oh, good. Okay, So there are two not- in there. Okay, but every time I do, I get kicked off, Uh, and I want to hear all this juicy (laughs) (laughs) conversation.
0: Well, for those of you who don't know, we post this afterwards um, on the Cyberwise website and share it widely via social media, and we're always available to answer questions. So don't feel Mm -hmm. free to contact us in the many ways that you can can via technology. All right, so I'm going to move on here because we did get a question from my friend, Aaron. Um, who runs Media Literacy Now, which is a terrific organization that advocates for media literacy in schools. I couldn't say enough good things about them. But she asked a great question. Um, How is it the teens won't call anyone ever, won't talk on the phone, but will chat with strangers on the apps? There must be some psychology here. Right, Pam? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, if you think about all of us who grew up with phones right back in the day they used to actually be hooked to the wall right and we think of a phone as being a vehicle for talking we do not approach communication technology and devices as what do i want to do and what does it best and so if you think about what it is that kids are trying to do at any given point connect with multiple friends share an image share a thought or a feeling do something together talking on the phone is not the way to get that done best so you so if It's a question of what are they trying to do? Because certainly there are times when having a phone conversation is helpful. A lot of the communication that teens do is group oriented and is not need to have a voice involved. Now, that being said, the the Omegle, that's, yeah, that's chat. It's video chat. It's however you want to do it, but it's generally speaking, groups of people doing it for fun and entertainment. You know, it's like an experimentation, a little peek at the dark side. So it's not um, a serious uh,
0: communication tool. Mm-hmm. Um, Rick, have you guys addressed that topic on parentology? That would be a great topic.
2: It would be a good one. Yeah. The, why kids are, are drawn to these things.
0: Yeah. Or why they're not talking on phones.
2: Right. Yeah. Please. I've, I I can barely get my interns to pick up the phone, much less. Yeah. And they're in college. Like
0: yeah i've ha- I've heard that um high school and college teachers have had to teach the students how to use the telephone which is but different.
1: why but why I mean that's like why would you why would you want them to use the phone in other words, do you yeah. know what I'm saying in other words, why not start with what
0: they're trying to do first right exactly mm-hmm. and I know in my own home I never pick up the phone because I'm like, well why why is this someone calling me? They should just text me yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And, I mean, so the one advantage I would say to Clubhouse is that emotion comes through voice. And so if you're not seeing someone and can contrast to text, which does have an opportunity for some misunderstandings or email, voice has the opportunity to express emotion, sarcasm, right. you know, all of that kind of thing. So there are advantages to voice. In the case of Clubhouse, it makes people feel more connected because voices are visceral and we respond to them physiologically.
0: Interesting. All right. So um, let me get to our We get, got another question. This one's from Amy. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, wondering if you have any data on the boredom factor of COVID social isolation as a contributing factor of teen outreach and how much traction, what ages, et cetera. So I think that question is really speaking to why is this stuff so popular right now during coronavirus? I think it, the obvious is we crave social connection. I mean, if we didn't have this stuff, it would be so lonely and it's a great time to explore. And that's what kids like to do, connecting with their peers on different apps and also hiding from parents. You know, So many parents think they know what's going on if they check their kids' text messages, but kids aren't really texting stuff as much as they're chatting within Snapchat or Instagram or whatever. Wherever they are, they're finding right. ways to communicate with their friends and they, these are all new, exciting things to try out. So.
1: I, well, I found some two sort of interesting factoids. Uh, one is that, yes, you know, we all know media use has gone up. I mean, we're on school, we're working from home. I mean, it would be crazy if it had not. What's really interesting is in spite of this increase, it the increase sort of goes up and down with the surges of the economy being open and closed. So it really does track along with that. But the distribution of use isn't really any different. In other words, I, I might, you know, I'm watching TV more, but it's the same amount of my time that I was doing that before I'm